Well, I have the real pleasure of having Mike Bryan with me. Mike, thanks for joining us on the ATP podcast. Good to see you, Jill. I have to go over some numbers because this is, everybody knows what an incredible career you had, but I need to reflect. Obviously, number one in the world. You hold the record for the most majors in the men's doubles titles. Do you know how many that is? 124. No, that's titles, but major oh, titles. Majors. Do you know okay. That? Yes, you're right. Yes, 124. I, I do know the, the major. You 18. On your career. Yes. 18. Most weeks at number one. Yep. yep. How many? Over 500. I think it was 509. 509. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Gold medal in London. With Bob. Got the mixed with Lisa Raymond. Uh, it was that's bronze. Right. Yep. Uh, in London, and Bob and I got the bronze in, in 2008 Beijing. in Beijing. I know, I was with you there. Oh, yeah, that's yes. cool. Um, yeah, and Davis Cup title. Davis Cup title. Am I missing yeah. anything? It's incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's that's all, all she wrote. But, yeah, it, it was it was a, a fun ride. Uh, 23 years on yeah. tour, and I've uh, been retired now for two years. And, two years already. Uh, it's been a, a fun transition just um, into prioritizing the family with two little babies and yeah. – um, yeah, it's it's been it's been different, you know. Yeah. Now that, you know, that competitive juices are still flowing, but don't really have that outlet to, to put it into. Um, so I kind of a part of me misses it, but it's fun to get out here and, and play in some legends events uh, once in a while, and, and just seeing all the guys and being at tournaments like here at Indian Wells, and um, yeah, it uh, brings back great memories and uh, had lots of fun. When you reflect on what you've accomplished, which is incredible, do you do you how do you view it, or do you view it differently? I mean, how do you view the tennis now and what you've actually accomplished? Yeah, it's um, it was a lot, you know. Like it, it, we went really hard and and uh, went after it for so long at a high level, and we kept our our standard really high, and and we're always just focusing on trying to improve and get better and. We had this no satisfied mentality where we'd win a big one and it's like, where are we going next? Let's keep going. And we were always pushing each other. And so we never really took the foot off the, the gas pedal for so long and never really kind of exhaled and, and looked at what we accomplished. We were just kind of always mm-hmm. striving for the next thing. So now that we're done, just to slow down and, and I'm just kind of, you know, like, I don't know how we, we got as many tiles as we did just because I know how hard it is to win one. Um, but he was pushing me, I was pushing him. And, you know, we, we, every practice was intense. Uh, we had great coaching in our corner, great trainers keeping us healthy for, for most of our career. And uh, well, we had a lot of fun along the way. But, um, yeah, we just, we were just super serious about what we did. And, uh, you know, we just had these lofty, lofty goals. And um, it was, I mean, good body of work, you know. It's yeah. a good body of work. and. Uh, I'm happy that we are able to, to play on some of the biggest courts in the world and bring that twin energy and that passion for, for the game and doubles, and people are able to, to witness it. And we still just, you know, really love this game, and that's why we're, we're not going anywhere. We'll be out here with Good. you. And, um, you know, Bob's got the Davis Cup position, yeah. which is cool. And, yeah, so we're, we're still uh, we got our, our feet in the, in the game of tennis, and uh, it's been such a big part of I'm glad us. you brought up the energy yeah. because I think that's something that everyone talks about when they talk about the Bryan brothers is the energy that you brought. And we miss you guys. Oh, yeah, we miss you too. <laughs> um, you talked about serious, but it, but it was so much fun. And you guys really felt like you looked like you had a lot of, of fun on the court. How were you able to sustain that? You said 23 years on the tour. That's incredible. But that never wavered. Yeah. I mean, we, we knew we played our best when we had that positive twin vibe. And when we were on the same page and um, – 
out there. I mean, you always saw us bouncing around. We're throwing a few chest pumps, and we like to bring the crowd into it because uh, it felt like it gave us the six-man advantage. Uh, but we, you know, deep down, I think we really loved the game. Um, thanks to my parents, they just made it fun at a, a young age and took us to tournaments like this when we were 10 years old and to see these, these uh, great champions. We just dreamt about it from so young. So when we were out there, we felt kind of lucky to, to be doing what we were doing. Um, and I think we truly love just the, the twin thing. Like it felt like you had your best friend um, on the court with you. And like, I think that was our main advantage over most teams because the, the margins are so fine in doubles. Everyone's so good. It's a worldwide sport and there's so much talent. But when we were out there, when we had that, when we were clicking on, on the same page, that twin energy was kind of magical. Like we were always just moving together and uh, so like another sense yeah it's like we were tapped in on a different level and is that that intuition just where to be and things would kind of just tip in our favor when we were you know when we had that little x factor when we didn't have it i felt like we were just like the average team Mm -hmm. there's a lot of days where he started getting under my skin and that that brother and i got under his skin and then that sibling rivalry was um you know it wasn't always pretty you know so when so that, how would you get past that? Yeah. I mean, we played our best when we were, you know, when he wasn't instructing me what to do or I wasn't <laughs> telling him what to do. And uh, we just kept our mouth shut and just is only positive, like, you know, great shot. Just very minimal stuff. And just we use signals. We like to play fast and just keep it, uh, you know, just positive with the feed and energy. And But whenever there was too much talking, I felt it, it could sink the ship pretty easily mm-hmm. just because – I'm very sensitive to whatever he says, tells me, and he's same with him. So it's, it's a good lesson. I, I feel like doubles teams are like good marriages. Mm-hmm. We'd have good communication off, you know, off the court, and we'd air it out when there's things that we need to talk about. But on the court, just there, there was, it was better when there was no leader. You know, okay. if I felt like he was bossing me around or I'm bossing him around, or mm-hmm. even if he rolled his eyes, you know, it, it's easy to just give him a quick like little snip and say, uh, you know, say something that's hurtful. And he knew exactly what to tell me, that he knew all my insecurities. He knew how to get to you. All my soft spots. And he, he can get, hit me below the belt pretty easily. You know, he knows a little bit insecure about the serve. And if he, if he made a comment or if, if I told him something to do on his back end, you know, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't pretty. So uh, I'm assuming you probably knew that was about to happen with yeah. your twin intuition. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew it was coming out. It was, it, so, like, in our biggest matches – we would just um, just play, you know, mm. just play. And, and we like to play quick. Most teams like to talk for, you know, half a minute in between points. Mm. about. But we just use quick signals. And we like to just read the plays more. We wouldn't drop so many um, poach plays. We would just, like, he would serve it. He actually never told me where he was serving, which is, oh, a, no, which is a no-no in doubles. Yeah. You know, you, you never want to leave your partner high and dry on, like, a wide serve. But I, I kind of knew where he was serving. You just throw it up and hit it. He actually hit me in the back of the head a couple of times because I was pinching the middle early or something. Thought he was going to go T. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, 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 as that was what we – our main advantage over most teams is, is when the twin secret sauce, was that was our, yeah. was our energy when that was going well as a huge advantage. 
You mentioned that so many of these matches come down to just a couple points. We talk about that all the time. And what impressed me about you guys as well is maybe you might not have been playing your best tennis in certain matches, but as soon as you hit one good shot, you could easily switch that energy, that negative into a positive. Can you relate to that? And what, what, what did you say to yourself in those moments where you can get through those tough moments so quickly? Yeah, I mean, in pro doubles, it, it comes down to a, a few of the big points, like either the deciding points. A lot of times you're playing breakers. Um, so the matches hinge on some really pivotal moments. And I think the great players, um, they really trust themselves and, and back themselves. I would always tell Bob, like, let's just go for it. Because your tendency is to play a little bit tight and just make the return. But in pro doubles, you're usually having to aim for like an alley or get the ball in the middle. and you got to let it rip, right? So I would always be encouraging him to just, you know, trust his talent and just let it go, and he'd do the same for me. And and you, it's tough to sleep if you have a big point and you just play it safe mm-hmm. and you and you kind of you don't hit it pure. Yeah. So, like, we would swing out um, in the biggest moments and, you know, try to just to stay relaxed. I feel like if you always, you know, you just see our feet moving, right? Like our you know, if you get nervous, your feet lock in. Yeah. I feel like people get yeah. stuck. And in doubles, I think moving without the ball is really important. Like, it's easy to just kind of lock in with the feet, but you got to be anticipating where your partner's going to hit it and be in the right spot. So we'd always bounce around just so our feet don't lock and get stuck in the mud. Mm-hmm. And so we would be bring the energy, but also go for it. Mm-hmm. And if you can, in between points, if you had, you know, d- different methods to just kind of relax yourself. Yeah. And, um, some players breathe I like to kind of relax into my body and relax my hand because I would grip it too tight sometimes Um, just little tricks to calm the nervous system down yeah you mentioned that energy and fun again and I wanted to ask you about because you said your parents you credit your parents a lot from the beginning to make how did they make it fun for you from the beginning do you remember yeah yeah well so my dad owned a club uh, in Camarillo California and you know it wasn't about like drilling us um, into the ground and and working so much on technique he knew that would come along but at the early ages we had these big group games where we're playing for prizes the losing team would have to run up this mountain in the back of the the club and um it was he just made it very stimulating and 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 fun he was always had the microphone in his hand and um just he still does i think (laughs) and we were playing with our best friends and we were just hanging out at the club and it it wasn't just all about playing we'd you know go play capture the flag on the grass and it was just um it was where we grew up, and, and it, uh, he knew, my dad got that, you know, like it, it, he knew that we had to fall in love with the game early mm-hmm. on, and that was the fire that would drive us, because it does take a lot of hours to be a champion. It does take a good amount of time. I think people you know, don't realize like the hard work behind the scenes. 10,000 hours yeah. by a certain age, and, and so if you're out there and the time's flying by because you're smiling and, and mm-hmm. you want to be out there, it, it's, it's a great experience. Yeah. But, um, some of these kids, like, they don't really love what they're doing, and it, it, just, it just makes it that much yeah. tougher. So, I mean, it, you have to – parenting's a big part of it, you know. Like, uh, we're bringing up our kids now, and Bob's got his uh, three kids are playing tournaments every weekend. Oh, my and goodness. And so, like, you know, you, they make it fun. They take them out to pizza after the match. It's not – you know, you don't come down on your kid if they lose a match. It's just like you change the subject, talk about something else, and just reward effort and uh, – but my dad was, he, he's, he's written parenting books now or like um, he's got his formula, like how to be successful. And a lot of it is just making it lots of fun so kids are out there and they're having a blast and time flies by. Did you ever play other sports? We were 
predominantly tennis. Like we played a little Nerf basketball. Does that count? And <laughs> <Yes, laughs> some ping pong. <laughs> Nothing uh, organized because we played pretty much a tournament every weekend from like the local level. Started playing in Southern California. And um, no, it, it was pretty much mm-hmm. um, eyes on tennis from, from mm-hmm. a young age. But I, I don't discourage you know, playing other sports because yeah. I think it, it brings in the coordination and the athletic ability in different ways. So my, my little boy's playing t-ball. He's doing a little ice skating. Like, I've, you know, I'll keep him balanced. But yeah, if, if he wants to go for it, like uh, Bob's doing a great job. He brought his, his son to the Aussie Open and he's just hooked now. You know, he saw the top guys. He knows the rankings by heart. He knows all their birthdays. He knows everything. Who's his favorite player? Um, he loves uh, Joker. Joker. Yeah, he Joker. loves Joker. And, yeah. and Joker um, hit with him one time. Oh, so that's awesome. He's got the bug. Uh, little Bobby <laughs> Jr. So he's nine right now. And uh, he's, he's getting his UTR beefed up. <laughs> so he's... Uh, yeah yeah i think they're having they're having a good time yeah Yeah. and you said you still have your competitive juices flowing yeah that Um, that never goes away yeah yeah do you do you miss it a lot and and what do you do to kind of yeah get that competitiveness still in you what do you do yeah i mean when i'm ever with bob we're always playing a new game so um since we retired bob's playing like a lot of chess so we've been battling chess back and forth um, and that gets the competitive juices, not as much as uh, playing out here, but um, Bob is just taken to the next level where he's almost like a grandmaster. Wow. Like he's, he wakes up super early. He reads all the books. He studies. He's got um, friends that are teaching him. Like, that are, so he's, he's taking me over there. Um, yeah, I mean, we still, like, we're going to play Wimbledon, the, the Legends event, which is cool, and we play the Aussie Open. Um, yeah, it's it's different. Like it, it doesn't really matter win or lose. Mm. But um, do you like that feeling, or is it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's less pressure. I mean, it does take a lot to keep the bodies going, and so that's the one thing I, I don't miss is that it, it to be out here. It's it's a full time job. Mm. It's um, you're eating perfectly, right? You know, timed out, and you're sleeping at the right times, and and uh, it's a lot of like ice baths and massage and stretching and band walks and just making sure the your your car is is tuned up and uh, so we've letting that go a little bit just because we want to spend time on other things you only have so many so many hours in the day um that's the one thing i don't miss but it's it's just a, a blast to to be out there like i just played this dingles event tommy haas ran this uh yeah, you're explaining it to me new it's... event out here and there's the some of the legends are playing and and uh it was fun i just played against the number one usc team and the game has, you know, gotten so much better. So, like, college tennis is, I mean, it looks like pro tennis now. Like, so these guys were embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. But, um, yeah, it's watching it now on TV, and I watch a lot of tennis TV just to see. And it seems like the game is just sped up. The physicality has gone to another That's what I dimension. That's I want to ask you about, yeah. And it, it, it just hurt, it hurts so? watching it. It hurts my nose. It's just, um, it just seems like they're moving just like cats. To, to the corners and the, and it's just the points are a little bit longer and the guys are swinging harder like I remember watching Agassi back in 19 like maybe 88 here and there was no one that hit the ball like him it was like a, it sounded like a shotgun the way he hit it but now everyone's hitting even that big but bigger mm-hmm. and um, it looks like super tennis you know and you need just these flexible um, bodies that are strong and they all have these like huge teams behind them, and if you don't have a team working on you, um, like you get injured because it's just too demanding. Mm-hmm. 
And like to win a Grand Slam is like running a marathon, mm. you know, like seven marathons, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so like after a long match, I'd probably feel like I got in a car accident with these guys. It's amazing how they recover and they come back and they do it time and time again. Um, so that, that's one thing that the bodies have to be just as good as the games. You can't just have a, be a talented player. You got to work just as hard. On, on your on your body do you do you feel like because you've only been retired for two years did you feel like that physicality was already changing at the end of your career or you see it see it even more significantly within these recent two years it just every year is just I'm more and more impressed I, I you there was a change toward the end of our career where you know you're you're playing um even like in doubles like you know you your 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 second serve gets crushed <laughs> by um by top level talent it's just the ball spinning down so bob started staying back on the second serve a little bit more try to get the foreign it's just um yeah that's why you see so much eye formation it's just the returns got nastier and bigger and and it's just almost impossible to dig one off your shoelaces when it's coming in that hot um and that's why yeah the doubles players are throwing trying to throw the kitchen sink with strategy and all this stuff and that's that's why um you see it you see it like it's changed it's different it's not across court rallies as much. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we noticed that. We never like to go I formation, but toward the end of our career, we started, mm-hmm. uh, you have to, it feels like. I, w- I wanted to ask you about that because you just mentioned that Bob started staying back a little bit more. Oh. I, but there's been a lot of talk about uh, the guys on the singles, why some of them don't serve in volley a little bit more because of how many players are standing far back. Would yeah. you agree that they should, or do you think you, – you mentioned the returns being so much better. Do you think that's one of the factors? I mean, I always think if you get two guys to the net, there's a huge advantage. I just – I feel like the strongest position is to get to net, and um, when you when you see, like, great doubles teams and they're, they're like kind of a wall at net and there's two guys in the baseline, I think they win the majority of those points. Mm-hmm. But if you miss a first serve mm-hmm. – um, you know, I, I, I don't uh, I don't think it's bad just to stay back just because the returns coming in huge mm-hmm. and then and then try to work your way in. And um, these singles guys are so good from the baseline. And they have so much variety and they can hurt you in so many different ways. I think they're they're out there and they want to use their strengths and um, they don't, you know, probably don't know it, the serve and volley game is 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 well. And so they'd rather take a foreign and then get you running and, yeah. then, and then start it from there. Yeah. You know? what, what's your perspective on the doubles teams now? Because um, I've talked to some other doubles players and they, they feel like it would be stronger if more teams stayed together a little bit longer. Would you agree with that? Or h- how yeah. do you view doubles? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always liked when teams stay together just for the fans to follow um, a team, you know, like Knowles and Nestor. They played together for a lot of years. They won over 40 titles. And then it's a little bit of sad to see him break up because his fans are starting to get behind him. They got all the slams under their belt, and it's just it's fun to see those kind of legendary teams play together. But I think the, the system's set up where it's tougher to get in tournaments. And so if you have a little bit of a bad patch, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, mm-hmm. and no one wants to put, point the finger back at themselves. So it's like, you know, it's his fault. <laughs> you know, it's, and, and you don't have a lot of time. It's only a, a one-year ranking system, so... You can get some bad draws. You can lose a couple super breakers, and then it's like, uh oh, we're we're not. I guess we're not the team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you don't have a, a lot of team to build. You don't have a lot of time to build mm-hmm. into the season. So um, you see teams breaking up, and it's unfortunate. 
Um, it's great to see like Ram and Salisbury been together for a long time. I like the Colombians. Um, they're they're always a fun team. The, the courts are usually packed. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of new teams, and so it's always I'm always a like, whoa. There's it's always gossip at the end of the season like who's switching mm -hmm. with who. But it's, it's just tougher to get in the Masters series. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to be like top 30 or in the world. So um, a bad two months with one guy, it's like danger zone hmm. you know it's like okay maybe I have to find someone different who, who would you say would be your toughest was your toughest opponent uh I mean looking back I mean Daniel Nestor who we played 61 times <laughs> he, he beat us 30 times like no one else beat us 30 times um he he was great with a lot of different players like I, as I said Mark Knowles Ninon Ziminich they're like a huge rival for um like three or four years they beat us in a lot of big ones you know we had a, a good rivalry with them um, so Daniel Nestor and anyone, you know, he, he was good with Max Mirny. Yeah. He was just like had this slinky lefty serve, which had a lot of spin on it. It was really tough to read. He threw it over his head. He can go any direction. He played really loose and he made really good poach moves, like good instincts. Mm -hmm. And he, it looked like he always had like ice in his veins. Like you can, could never tell if he was winning yeah. or losing. He was just had that same yeah. personality, like a poker face. Yeah. Um, but he seemed like he always kind of rose to the occasion. Yeah. He played his, his uh, good tennis when it mattered. I want to talk a little off tennis yeah. because it's not easy transitioning from something you've done since you were so little. But you and Bob both seem, very, every time I see you, seem very comfortable like with how you decided to stop the transitioning. Was that difficult for you? I'm guessing it wasn't. I mean, you see. Uh, no, it's, it's always, it's always dif difficult when you, you focus um, so hard and, and every day on something for basically your whole life. Mm -hmm. And then one day it kind of, that book um, closes and um, you gotta start something different. And you're always like wondering, okay, what's next? Um, I had my, my firstborn was born like almost the day I retired. So I just went, by the oh, way. thanks. Yeah, no, it's, it was great to, it was during the pandemic. So I had a lot of time with him and I just kind of focused all my energy on trying to help build the family and, um, so that, that's been a blast, just being able to be home. And I think Bob was excited because he had already had three kids and it was like a traveling circus. Really hard to bring three on the road. And um, I felt like it, it was the time was right. That we um, felt like we did a lot and the bodies, it was really tough to keep them going. Bob had the hip surgery with the, the metal hip. He always said, mine's coming, mine hasn't come yet. <laughs> but I was just, it's probably a matter of time. But um, it just, it felt like it was harder and harder. It took more and more time to, to roll out there. I think we could have done it a little bit longer, but it, it would just, it takes um, three or four hours of, of working on the, on the bodies. Yeah. And, and so we're, I think the time was right. It's just now transitioning to something that you're, yeah. is passionate about and, and um, having the, cause we always set goals of what we wanted to accomplish. And so you're, it's kind of What's, ambiguous in that, yeah. in that regard. But we're starting starting to figure it out. Like Bob's now the the captain of the Davis Cup, and um, he's got this singular focus on like just trying to to win that and create a, a culture among the U.S. players, and you know create that excitement that we had for Davis Cup and bring that back. You know because there's now there's a couple other team competitions, so mm -hmm. getting the guys all on the same page. And I think right now with the American uh, crop of talent, mm -hmm. I mean the time is now, mm -hmm. and um, so he's we're going to be out out of the tournaments. If he wants to be involved, I'm going to help him out too. But I think I'll be involved, involved <laughs> in some capacity. And um, 
so that that's gonna be cool and then just being more involved in the USTA like yeah. help with the younger guys too nice yeah. and uh, yeah and I mean we have to mention your your other passion that we hope we still yeah. get to hear yeah. music is that still happening what's happening with your music yeah I mean music's awesome wait you know, tell like me again it, keyboard I, I, right no I'm the, I'm the Bob's, guitar player Bob's, Bob's the, keyboard. the keyboard okay and we were playing a lot on the road when we were traveling and, um, but now that we have more time you know I get up pretty early before the kids are up and I'm always you know strumming the chords yeah. and learn some scales and and now that bob's daughter is actually um a good enough singer she's like kind of a front fronting our our bands and some oh of, our, of our of our she? gigs she's 11 but wow. she's she's been taking lessons for like the four or five years now mm. and she's um she's amazing like she doesn't know how to miss a note she's that good well she sang the national anthem at the u.s open for yeah. the women's um singles file and she killed it and so she I think maybe she's uh, the future of the Brian Rose band, <laughs> but but we always do a gig here at Anywells, which is yeah. a, which is a blast, and a couple other tennis tournaments, and uh, yeah, I mean, always improving that as mm-hmm. as much as we can, um, and it's Bob's got a music room at his place, and I, I set up a little music room, and so we're definitely gonna teach the kids um, music. And yeah, yeah, it's it's, I mean, we, we can jam for hours, and it's it's yeah. we just kind of lose ourselves in the music. Yeah. And Bob and I, I, I feel like it helped our tennis when we were jamming together so much. We guys did like so it, many it other activities. Like, yeah, we, we're always doing that together, and it felt like being on the same page when we're jamming to music, it kind of carried out onto the court and yeah. helped our chemistry and stuff and our energy. Um, you talked a lot about like what you, the fun that you had. What, what do you feel like being a professional tennis player, what you learned the most that you feel like would be the most impactful for your kids, for how you bring your kids up? Yeah, I mean, there's so much that tennis teaches you, um, and and going through junior tennis, you learn so many lessons. And I'm hearing some horror stories from Bob because he's driving his kids to tournaments down in Miami on the weekends. And you know, there's there's tough line calls. There's you're dealing with parents, and uh, but I th- I think that, you know learning to deal with adversity there in in certain situations. There's a lot when you're out here. There's a lot out of your control. Um, so. You know, you don't know if you're going to get a, a tough line call or um, the weather's going to be or different or um, an opponent's going to be playing better than you on the day. So there's a lot that you have to um, deal with and be okay with. And, and you learn how to control your emotions. You know, there's a lot of times you're angry and, you know, finding outlets to control that. Or you lose tough matches. Like we, we lost, I think, over like 350 matches. There's a lot of, like, sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but bouncing back from defeat and, and it's just continual process of improvement and finding out like little areas you can gain a percent here, a percent there. And, and then, you know, trying to balance out the, the, the mental component, not just with the game and the body, but it's, you got to have the full enchilada um, to, to, to compete. And I, and I think it, it, it's rewarding um, the, the character building that it gives you because um, it's, it's not an easy sport, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, uh, it's tough at, at every level. And you set baby step goals. Like we just wanted to like get our first trophy and then it's, let's get free rackets yeah. from Wilson. You know, you have to get to a certain <laughs> ranking in Southern California. And then it's like, let's um, make the national team, you know, and then it's like go to Stanford. There's mm-hmm. just little things you check off, but along the way, it's like kind of who you become. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of, different levels you can have success at it but it i think it's just it it builds character and it builds um, resilience that you need in um 
in everyday life mm-hmm. uh, and i feel like even in everyday life it's even tougher than than the tour because yeah. like you're a lot a lot of it's, you're, it's everything's taken care of for you out here I know. it's like a it's a safe net yeah you know? so i agree um, yeah but yeah i mean super thankful for for what tennis taught us and i think for our kids coming up i i want them to go through that process yeah. then Hopefully get them through junior tennis as quick as possible. Uh, well, I can see the appreciation <laughs> yeah. you have for yeah. tennis, obviously, in your face. You you said you don't miss so much the wear and tear on the body. What do you miss the most after being retired for a couple of years now? Yeah, I mean, look, like the tour goes to the, some of the nicest places um, in the world. Like we're here in Indian Wells. It's gonna We're going to be in Miami. Uh, it goes off to Monte Carlo. Like these places are, are just a blast to be at. Like they're just beautiful cities. And then you're you're with great guys. You know, it's a fraternity of guys. You, you see the same guys pretty much every week. And it's cool that just the locker room talk, the banter, you know, the just getting ready for matches, the preparation that it takes, and, like, the scattering. It's just a fun process. And mm-hmm. um, just being aligned with, like, your brother, just going after the same mission and the same goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just felt like you woke up with a little pep in your step and let's go get them, you know. Um, so you, you kind of you miss that. And, uh, yeah, and you miss, like, making little tweaks and little improvements um, in your game and f- just finding um, different things um, to just move the needle forward. Yeah. And so that, that, was, that was always fun. But there, there's a lot to life. And, and now with the family, it's just it, it opens your heart. You yeah. know, it's like it's, it's a special, special time. And so we're, we're, being, we're grateful that where we are now, you're always going to be attached to something that you did for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's always an expiration date on everything, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's one phase and on to the next. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But we're glad you're, I'm glad to hear you're still going to be around the sport. Oh, think, yeah. No, this is. I this, think the world, the tennis world would not want it any other way. No, this is. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're stoked to just yeah. be a part of it and come out to certain tournaments. We'll be at Wimbledon. And, Good. And uh, it's, it's just fun. You, you get goosebumps walking in these places you that you. Yeah. You had just so many memories on these courts. Yeah. And so it, it still brings up, you know, emotions and triggers, too, and, and everything. You know, it's awesome. And yeah. it seems like we're going to see you and Bob's kids out here soon, too, yeah, <laughs> potentially. I mean, yeah, if, we do, if we're if we doing it right, you know. Like, but it's I think it's almost got, like getting hit by lightning. You see how tough it is. Like, Bob's has his kids in these tournaments in Miami, and they're, they're playing kids that are already homeschooled at, like, eight years old. And, and the, the level, it's just – it's it's a – it's so um, big. The sport's huge and growing. And um, to even play these level seven tournaments, it's a dog fight. Yeah. You get out of it. But you, you give them the tools and you see what happens. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, I'm, yeah. seriously, Mike, you've given us so much time, so thank you. But it's great to hear your insights on your career and, and everything that you're doing. So we're happy to have you and hopefully we'll have you again soon. But you're thank the best. you. Uh, thanks for having me on and, and thanks for all you're doing for the game. And you're one of the best in the business. Oh, Jill. thanks, Mike. All right.